We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Time to get our feet set for the next week, but Davis Maddock is dropping by first to give us three key takeaways from the weekend that was and why it matters going forward. After that, we have Sigmund Bloom to talk through some trade targets, a bit of a buy-sell going into this week, essentially players we should be higher on or lower on, and how to take advantage in our fantasy leagues and in DFS. Wrapping things up with our DFS first look segment with Ryan Hodge. Super valuable to see what our first impressions are with pricing on the upcoming slate, so we'll bring you guys along for the ride. If you enjoy yourself, do me a solid leave me a rating and review on apple Podcasts, and consider following on spotify trying to make that push for top 10 in the fantasy sports category this year and i need your help to get there outside of that you should already be in the habit of joining the listener league every week but if you don't know what that is essentially it's just the best contest in all of dfs completely rake free and the weekly champion will get the first pick from the sports memorabilia we pull out of the pristine auction mystery box every monday so enter at fanduel.com slash holka that's fanduel.com slash holka and if it's your first deposit you'll enjoy 20 percent up to 500 just for starting the process through my link and it also supports the channel so thank you but maybe things just haven't been going well on DraftKings and it's been a while since you tried FanDuel I would definitely urge you to use that same link to give things another shot this week we would love to have you join our community I review lineups from this tournament every Monday live on stream one more time FanDuel.com slash Holka now let's get into the episode the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Three key takeaways from NFL Week 6. We're dissecting what happened and more importantly, what actually matters going forward in fantasy football, DFS, and betting. But thankfully, I am not alone. He's a weekly guest on the Joe Holka Show. You guys know him from SportsGrid, the TakeCast, and the SwoleCast. Davis Maddock, how we doing, my man? You know, we are uh, we're licking our wounds a little bit. I did I did take an L yesterday. Uh, congrats to you and and the Tilt Space guys Appreciate on it. the bonk classic. Uh, it's it's such good TV when you when you don't even realize that you have a sweat until Dude. it's like it's like actually happening. I I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. The football yesterday mostly sucked. Like it like the the noon games were terrible. Yeah, noon that's not ga- new, man. Sometimes there's like there's like multiple like weeks of football per year that are just terrible to watch. Right? Ugh. If it wasn't for and, DFS, and, would we even care? No. And we're getting into this. What what's happening now is we're getting into this terrible time of year where they split the games up awfully. So we had three games yesterday, and I haven't looked ahead to the TV schedules, but I bet. We're 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 gonna come up with two games in the afternoon fairly soon, and it's just gonna be like, all right, well, I'm going to go walk the dogs. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here watching uh, Chargers Raiders. Like right. you can't make me. There was like multiple weeks last year where we had literally, like you're saying, two games in the afternoon. So what do you do with that? Like you like the late swap stuff is a nightmare, and also you're just sitting there going back and forth, basically like watching commercials at that point, which is just a stone oh. nightmare. So uh, yeah, man, that's like about the time it starts to get cold here. Probably the same for you. So like I usually try and like go do something outside and get away from the screens a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, man, it was an interesting week. Obviously, like multiple times during that show with those guys, we thought we were just completely dead, right? Uh, we were basically arguing about uh, our Mahomes stacks and how they weren't good enough and how we didn't have enough Stafford, blah, blah, blah. But we did have that one DAC team, and it kind of, uh, I think it was a late swap to Sutton um, off of Kareem Hunt that kind of was creeping us up there, but it didn't even really feel like it was live until we like started to sweat them in cash. And we're like, all right, cool, survive in advance. We were like basically even on the year and then that game gets to overtime obviously we know what happened with cd lamb at the end man it was it was pretty cool we've had two of those now on that show where we always kind of put our teams with the most pmr we always put in the 1500 instead of like the juke at the 400 level so it makes for a really good sweat when things break right and we all 
also like we finished i think it was second or third but basically 0.1 away from dropping another paid level which i mean man it's it's so brutal those pay spots at the very top man if you drop even one or two slots like it's a massive massive swing so we just got pretty lucky there i think no, it's, I mean, like, once you're up in, like, the top five, like, you're sweating, like, every yard, every, you know, every reception, because, yeah, the the way that, uh, and, you know, this is just true on every site, right? There's just, right. there's nothing you can do about, about those pay jumps, those pay jumps mattering. I, I haven't had to sweat a pay jump yet this year. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, to, to be able to sweat, like, even... Even to tilt the loss of like you know twenty five thousand to fifteen thousand, I, I think I, I would uh, I'd like to feel that because my 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 tournament teams have just been mostly bad so far. It's been kind of a, a weird year because I think we've had multiple weeks already where the chalk is just absolutely smashed, and then we've had a couple weeks where like you just kind of needed a few contrarian pieces around the chalk. But even like that team, like we got Dax super low, but we had a, a decent amount of chalky pieces in the very beginning of that one. So uh, weird that it all came down to the very end, like the last play. So uh, definitely fun, but uh, ready ready to move on. No one wants to hear my victory lap. So uh, let's not waste any more time here, Davis. We want to talk about the Bengals wide receivers first today. So like Jamar Chase, 47.5% share of the team's air yards this year. T. Higgins, almost identical amount of targets, but half the yards at a much lower A dot. And then we have this huge tier gap. And then Tyler Boyd's just hanging out, man. What do we do with these guys? Yeah, I mostly just wanted to talk about T. Higgins because mm -hmm. I, I, I've been flip-flopping on this for like each of the last, like the, you know, every hour of the last 24 hours. So like yep. we're on the, we're on the Gilcast last night with Nate and Sammy and I'm like, yeah, you know, we all just locked in T. Like, we didn't even think about it. We were like, yeah, he's the best 5K wide receiver play. And, you know, the cards flip over. He's super chalk. He doesn't do anything. And, you know, part of the reason he doesn't do anything is Chris Evans, you know, randomly scores a 30-yard touchdown. Joe Mixon has the most targets of any game in his career. But it it both anecdotally and in the data, it just feels like, because the Bengals are not throwing a ton, Burrow has been had more games under 30 passing attempts than games over 30 passing attempts. And Jamar Chase is just like the man. Like Jamar Chase is a Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown style immediate stud. And so even if his target share, his real target share, like we play all 17 games and Chase ends up with a 27% target share and T ends up with 23 and a half, it would not surprise me for Chase to have way more, like have a higher dot, to have more targets in the red zone. And T is obviously cheaper this week as a result of, you know, basically having four straight games of, of bad production. But I, I, I'm just kind of, I need a sounding board on the Bengals wide receivers, basically. Like, what is T. Higgins? I mean, we've come a long way since the preseason when everyone was, like, worried about those drops, right? Like, uh, we knew that, I mean, the talent was just off the charts for this guy. Like, I'm, I'm definitely the furthest thing from a talent evaluator, but I know to, who to listen to when it comes to that. And all of those guys loved him coming into the league. All the stuff uh, was definitely connecting those dots. But, man, he just had an absolute brutal start to the year after he hadn't played football in an entire year, man. But, like, the chemistry was always going to be there with Burrow. You can tell that those guys are boys. And, like, he's looking for him, and he's looking for him deep consistently, right? And now he's making and plays and we kind of used to at least going into the year I was a little bit nervous it was going to be kind of this three-handed like monster that was going to be kind of really frustrating but like honestly like like Tyler Boyd's been overpriced for weeks now like T Higgins coming back yeah. right into that same role so like those guys they play a totally different 
type of role in this offense. I guess the bigger concern is probably just the Bengals as a whole, right? They've just been throwing not near as much as last year, but like what's remained consistent has been Jamar Chase. And now his price is to the point where it should have been. Um, and last week, people just didn't want to pay that for him, man. We went through the same thing with Cooper Cup. No one wants to pay for Cooper Cup, and he puts it right down our throat again. So like, I think we need to adapt a little bit quicker to some of these guys, especially the ones that they're going to have a role regardless of what this offense is doing, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the 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 guy who is going to get left out is going to be Boyd. Like, mm-hmm. Boyd is the guy who goes from, like, yeah, when everyone around you is bad and you got Andy Dalton and Brandon Allen throwing you passes. You, you And it's not like Tyler Boyd is bad. It's just that he's fine and Jamar Chase is amazing and T is really good, uh, probably better than his results have shown up until this point. So, like, you know, Tyler Boyd is probably like a – 4300 like he's like michael hardman right he's like a 4200 dollars guy who will score a touchdown every once in a while he's going to need the volume though to kind of elevate like into like fantasy relevance right and if they're not going to be passing as much as we thought they would like he's just going to end up being kind of an afterthought uh from a dfs perspective for sure you mentioned michael hardman man i didn't think his ownership was going to get to where it was in some of the small field stuff like that was wild right like it used to be like you can just toss in michael hardman on your mahomes stack it differentiates you and you just go on with the rest of your slate but man he almost made you more chalky last week right like i i couldn't believe when i flipped that over he was more owned than tyreek hill in the spy wild and i the reason i know that is because i thought i was gonna be galaxy i was like okay i'm gonna do mahomes double stack but i'm not gonna play kelsey who i know is gonna be really chalk and i'm gonna play hardman as the second chief and hardman will be like nine and a half percent and he was not he was he was uh 18 and a half percent in the spy i think yeah, honestly, like I ended up fighting with Leone about this on the tilt space last week. I ended up not playing McCole Hardman, but I wanted to play different types of chief stack. So I, I ended up going the other way. Everyone, the narrative the whole week is you can't play Tyreek and Kelsey together. So instantly I'm like, okay, I'm playing a very small field tournament. I still think it's fine for that just to try and capture both of those guys' floors, if anything. And then hopefully one of them has a blow up spot and I have them. And then I just got kind of weird with some of the pieces around it. I, I still think that RSJ was okay uh you kind of just play kelsey as a wide receiver at that point which is something i, I almost never RSJ, do Davis. i think i RSJ never do was that a terrible tournament play and i maybe. like maybe and but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong because you just don't see three thousand dollar players with that much usage that mm-hmm. often like i like honestly never but like playing just like in a vacuum a 3k tight end at 20% ownership or whatever has got to be bad. Like such a huge percentage of the time. I agree with you. If he's a one-off, I think he's probably the worst one-off on the board, right? Because at that point you're not capturing any of the upside from the game. And that's where he made a lot of sense. Is if you're going to jam in those really expensive Kansas city guys, like playing RSJ at that point makes sense where you probably are on the side with most people is that I did end up adding JD McKissick to that uh, stack that I had. I basically game stacked the entire thing. Uh, I basically had, I think it was three or four chiefs. And then I brought back the two cheapest pieces on the Washington side just to kind of make it work. But I was able to get in a mini stack of Devontae Adams and Mooney, who I, I don't know why I keep playing these Chicago wide receivers, man. I have, I have issues with that. But yeah, if it would have been cup, I suppose, instead of Devontae Adams, it would have been a different story. But uh, kind of a unique roster construction was like my only goal with that. And I never play two tight ends, man. It just feels so bad all the time. But last week was weird. I mean, we always get like one week a year where it's actually optimal, where yeah. like the, the optimizers are giving that to you. And that that was our week, the RSJ Kelsey week.
All right. So, uh, by the way, I can see on the back end over half of you guys that are watching these videos are not subscribed to the channel. So hopefully by the end of this video, we can finally win you over. Definitely appreciate all the support. If you miss these live streams, I am live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, Thursday at the same time and Sunday morning at 9 a.m. So make sure you guys hit that notification bell and you'll be the first to see these segments when they drop officially. Davis, so this next part of the slate was kind of tilting in some ways, uh, unless you ended up moving off of Kareem Hunt in certain teams. But, man, Donovan Peoples-Jones, four catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 43% market share of the Browns' air yards in week six. Like, I don't. what do we even do with that, man? That's the worst. So the reason why I specifically wanted to bring him up was I think that this is an example of a guy who, like, ends up, like, getting there, getting there over the course of a season and is going to like be like kind of like a Will Fuller-esque kind of second half of the year guy because he's just better than Beckham is, right? Like that, it's just really simple. It is. And Beckham, what I think he had, like he ended up with four for 80 or something yesterday in the mm -hmm. end. But like Beckham just doesn't really have the juice anymore. They, the, the Austin Hooper, uh, David and Joku, Harrison Bryant, like bit plays, like that's not a real offense. You know, that, that works when you're playing, uh, the Bengals and you're up by a touchdown, but like it's not going to work in some of these competitive games. And DPJ started out the year like terribly, like like was like playing all the like running all these routes and not being targeted. And then it seems like something like something has happened, you know, whether it be Baker, you know, maybe occupying more of like the safety's attention or something. But he has 11 targets the last two weeks. Now one one of his touchdowns was like that insane hail mary. That's not going to be very repeatable. But I also think with no Kareem Hunt and the options being, you know, Demetric Felton and Dearness Johnson as the replacements, I think they'll act, you know, you'd think that with Chubb as the lead back, that it actually make them more run heavy. But you can't give Chubb like 28 touches a game right. and expect the guy to hold up. So I actually think they're going to have to go the other way and get kind of pass heavy, particularly. Week seven, Cleveland home to Denver is probably going to be one of the all time like dustiest games. Like <laughs> both teams are just going to like that. That's a 17 13 like waiting to happen. But against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, like I, I think they could be like 38 pass attempts per game over those two games. And like I just but also just a great reminder that like we don't know anything in <laughs> yeah. in late swapping. So like just be late swapping your dead teams onto whoever like. I guarantee you some of you guys had 4K left as a late swap or whatever, and you had some other dusty wide receiver on a dead team, and you could have, you, you know, could have swapped to Kendall Hinton or DPJ, and, like, you know, these guys just get there some percentage of the time. Yeah, these late swap decisions, man, it's really, like, if you're sitting there between two players and one of them makes you really uncomfortable and the other one you're like, you think that there's some leverage there and that there's some, you probably should just play the guy that's uncomfortable, right? I was sitting there basically staring at Josh Jacobs versus Henry Ruggs, and I know they ended up, like, pretty similar, but, man, like, as soon as he broke that big play early in that game, I'm like, why, why don't I just play the wide receiver? The ceilings for these guys are still sky high, and he was, like, 1% owned in some of these contests, man. So late swap is still, like, I think that's, like, one of the the fun parts of dfs and people just like, like the only sweet. thing that's left yeah. fun for me on a losing sunday is like well at least i get it at least i get to um you know flip the cards over and see that i have some guys at one percent like that at yeah. least feels gratifying
Yeah, because then at least you have some outs, you hope, unless you're you're completely dead, man. So, like, I guess there's still, like, there was so many teams out there that stayed with Kareem Hunt that were, like, I had no chance of cashing yes. at that point, right? So, like, how bad is that? And Like, that's the only thing, like, you can say what you want about where DFS is and it's kind of life cycle and how where the edge is at. But, man, there's not near enough people. Like, you, you flip that over and you see 50% Kareem Hunt, some of the small field stuff, and it's just, like, you know that there's no way there's 50% of the teams that are live. Like, they should never have them in their team. Yeah, I mean, I I ended up with no Kareem Hunt yesterday. Same. I ended up I ended up getting off of all of him because yep. of the way that the early games went, and uh, you know Sutton was there, and um, Amari Cooper was there. I I oh man, so brutal to have sixty four hundred available on the Hunt teams mm-hmm. and have to go to Cooper and not be able to go to CD. Just yep. absolutely, um, absolutely brutal there. But yeah, I mean, like uh, if there is. If anyone has ever learned anything from listening to me talk about DFS, I hope it would be that you just got to be swapping way, way more than you are swapping. Yeah, absolutely. So before we move on here, I want everyone to pause this video. Let me know in the comments your biggest regret from week six. I know I have some regrets, so I'll be right there with you guys. Uh, we kind of got bailed out by CD Lamb, but that's that's sometimes how it works. But I definitely love kind of diving into just the tournament strategy as a whole, Davis. So part of the reason that the tilt space is so fun is because we get to talk about stacks, like strategy, kind of get in the weeds a little bit, but specifically bring backs. Like you, I, I think that contest size matters when it comes to this sort of thing. But like, do you think that there's at least an argument that we're kind of forcing that like a little bit more than we should be? So specifically, I think in um, like the stuff that you and I are, are playing a ton, right? Like uh, the spy, the the four for like you know that kind of like eight hundred to like fifteen hundred, uh, you know, piece contest. And I, I I just always like to talk about this stuff because I think about it two ways. So the bring back, especially if you're getting the game correct, it just limits the number of things you have to get right, which is mm-hmm. so big for us because you know we don't know anything. So if you do, you know the the cowboys double stack and two patriots or whatever and that ends up being you know that game goes to overtime and everything though i think uh like damian harris and and hunter henry are the only guys who like got there which Mm. is is so weird um i guess kendrick Bourne, if you want to play him one seventy five yard touchdown but like that's kind of the that's kind of what i'm thinking is that the nfl has become such a league of have and have nots that you know, Washington football team bring back. So McKissick and Ricky Seals Jones were good bring backs, but Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Ad- Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, Cam Sims, Diami uh, Brown, and yeah, this, DeAndre they, kill, they killed the stacks. They're completely dead. They, 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 and so, so I, I always kind of just have trouble. Like, I don't know, is it worth playing this clearly terrible, like $4,400 play? because it correlates with my lineup or do I play a $4,400 guy kind of like, and then you, you, you're a dog chasing your own tail because it's, well, if I was really that good at doing projections, I would just slam the nuts every single week and I'd play cash. But I hate looking at it. You hate looking at a good lineup with the snowflake in it. And then you, it just, it's, it's very circular. Yeah, dude, it's it's like the we're gonna be talking about this forever. I feel like because yeah. there's never there's never like a perfect answer. I think that like the way you need to think about it in some ways is like number one the contest. Like we said, um, I think that in some ways also like game script matters, all of those things, but also the price of the guy that you're bringing it back with, right? So for yeah. Terry McLaurin to go completely nuclear, like we need the Kansas City guys to go crazy, right? So I, I think that sometimes the premium bringbacks make a lot of sense. The same thing with these mini stacks, right? Like why would you ever in a million years play uh Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney 
with Devontae Adams, it's because, like, sure, you could probably find a better, cheaper guy to go with Devontae Adams, for her, but for Adams to go completely nuclear, you probably need Chicago to punch back a little bit, right? So that's, like, kind of how I like to think through it. But I agree with you, like, in a vacuum, there's almost always better plays you can put in as those fillers, right? So I think it's still case by case. But, man, I kind of go back and forth on it. It still feels like, like, I'm rarely playing contests over, like, 250 people. So at that point, I would just rather capture the game and then maybe get different with my kind of pieces around that. But, man, I, I struggle with the same thing every single week. I think in large field, man, you kind of do have to hit like that that seven, eight-leg parlay to get there. So maybe it's a little bit less viable in that stuff. But that, that's kind of how I'm thinking through it, at least. Anything else to add? Yeah, so so I, I actually think that bringbacks are worse in large field stuff because, Agreed. yeah, because of exactly what you just said. Like, that's a lotto. Like, it's it's literally, like, you, you can even tell me that, like, playing uncorrelated stuff there is just better. You know, yeah. like, just... Play the be- play play whoever you want and and just hope that you're like owner. Yeah, put your dummy lineup in the million maker and you have probably more plus EV than building a smart lineup at this point, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Davis Maddock, everyone. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Go subscribe to the Take Cast. Check out all the great work over at Sports Grid. And uh, man, you got a lot going on, man. Did I, did I miss anything? I've been kind of going back to the Take Cast thing, but you're you're basically doing like one interview a week with that for right now, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly mostly one interview week. Try to get them out on Wednesday. Don't uh, don't always don't always get them done on uh, on Wednesday. But yeah, that's that's my baby. Love it, man. Don't uh, don't get any fights on Twitter, man. I know you're out there in the streets uh, protecting all the, the the crypto bros. But I'm right there with you, man. I'll keep liking the tweets. I, I don't like to get in these arguments over nothing, but I do appreciate yeah. the people out there. I gotta I gotta work word. on that. I yeah. gotta work on that. All right, brother. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day is about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest, the one that I will be reviewing live on stream every Monday. Quite honestly, the best contest in DFS and it's completely break free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season, so make sure you join our community on FanDuel. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stack up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends. Experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the $5 Listener League or making your first deposit today through FanDuel.com slash Holka. The official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka Show. Age and local restrictions apply. Bonuses used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 7, trade targets, buy low, sell high, and everything in between. Players we should be higher on or lower on than our opponents and how we can take advantage in fantasy football and in DFS. Bringing back in another one of our weekly guests to help us piece this whole thing together. He's the co-owner of footballguys.com, Sigmund Bloom. Joe, at the end of every week, so many things happen that go against our expectations, go with our expectations. We have entirely new considerations. You know, going into the week, we thought we were going to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now we had to learn about the Ernest Johnson. He's playing on Thursday night. And it, it, it's so much to just process everything and try to understand going forward what we need to know that uh, maybe it is removing emotion from fantasy football for me this year it's just such a nightmare when like that kind of stuff breaks that late in the week too, from a content perspective, because it feels like some of the stuff we were talking about was just completely irrelevant by the time the weekend came around. So it's just everyone scrambling to try and fix stuff. So yeah, that was uh, an interesting situation. Obviously we've seen 
uh, Kareem Hunt come in. And even last year, Sig, like when Kareem Hunt kind of got the keys in that backfield, mm-hmm. he never really like ran away with it, right? Like, I don't know if he, like, I don't know. How would you explain that? He was right? banged up. So mm-hmm. he was banged up and he was banged up coming into this week. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you wonder too, Joe, this and the Christian McCaffrey situation are interesting situations from the outside looking in where with McCaffrey, you wonder if he was overworked. Uh, I was doing a show with Pat Doherty last week, and he pointed out, you know, they were even putting Christian McCaffrey in when the game was decided. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can a player be overworked? And then in the case of Kareem Hunt, you just wonder about cascade injuries where he came in with uh, two different injuries on their injury report, and then he hurts his calf. But he was hurt last year when he got to be the starter. The other thing uh, to look at, too, is they didn't have Jack Conklin or Jadrick Wills. Both of their offensive tackles were out for that one. So I can't really say how much that affected the offense. I do think Denver's defense looks suspect. Dearness Johnson looks good. Really, uh, Dearness Johnson is going to be a bet on the quality of the running game. And I think that's a good bet in Cleveland. We'll see how the offensive tackle health is. But I think Cleveland's uh, got a get-right game here against a Denver team that's sinking. A lot of interesting things to go through in that backfield. So as the week goes on, I'm sure we'll be talking about that more. Uh, But let's jump right into it, Sig. Uh, The first guy that we're going to talk about today is Daryl Henderson. So uh, 23 touches in this one. Got a touchdown Mm -hmm. through the air. Got a touchdown on the ground. Over 100 total yards. uh, Three targets in the passing game. So there's a lot to like with Henderson. Obviously, this offense has been looking like a a well-oiled machine at times this year. Uh, Sonny Michelle kind of in that backfield lurking as well. So what what do we do with Daryl Henderson from a fantasy perspective? Is it a sell high? Is it a guy that we still want to try and acquire? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a buy high. And I think it's just starting to absorb into everybody's consciousness now just what Daryl Henderson can be worth. But the reason he's a buy high before folks have a chance to really absorb it is that uh, this week they get Detroit. Next week, the Houston Texans. The week after that, the Tennessee Titans. So that sets up a runway for the running game. And that's why you have to keep Sony Michelle in mind because he looks fine. I mean, he isn't quite uh, full of burst and uh, niftiness as Henderson, but he's a no-nonsense downhill runner who fits just fine in this offense when they need him to. I think it's going to be a big week, big three weeks for the Rams running game. And then I I guess, and this is something you probably have numbers you can pull up of tying the running back to the defense. And Mm -hmm. do they still do defenses in DFS? I'm down in Louisiana, so I'm kind of on a blackout here. But so you tie those together because those three games all look like romps for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, just like targeting the, I mean, the, I think that the betting markets are going to be like out in front of this one for sure, just because the Rams are another one of those public teams that, that people like to bet. Uh, but I'm with you, like the, the matchups, like going forward, like this is a great time even to buy because it gets, it gets even better. And people are talking mm-hmm. about like who the early league winners are. Like Daryl Henderson looks like he could be one of those primary yeah. guys, right? Con- considering where, I guess, depending on when you drafted, but if you were drafting early, even like some of the early best ball stuff and you have Daryl Henderson, late like that's just a home run at this point right yeah and there have been some hiccups so you might still be able to get him for less than the running back one in fantasy football that he is mm-hmm. all right so let's uh let's move on to your next guy here sig and it's uh Jameis winston so um this is an offense that i guess has been hot and cold at times but Jameis, like we've seen uh i mean that's kind of what we would expect from a Jameis winston led offense uh i guess kind of going through the numbers he's not that bad in some of the metrics that we would kind of lean on from an efficiency standpoint so i'm curious your thoughts on Jameis here going forward well what we're looking at is like you said efficiency wise he's fantastic but he's mm-hmm. only been throwing the ball 20 or 25 times a game could that change it should change 
partially because, well, Traquan Smith's going to be back soon. Michael Thomas should be back soon. So the pass offense is going to be more robust. But you look at the schedule they have. They do get the Seattle Seahawks this week, which sets up more as an Alvin Kamara game. But after that, you have Tampa, Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Dallas. So those are all games either against weak pass defenses or teams that are going to have to pass more to keep up, or both, like in the case of Tampa Bay. So I think that Jameis Winston's going to have to shoulder more of the offense going forward. He's going to be more capable of doing that with more weapons out there. Offensive line, hopefully, will continue. Remember, this is a Saints offense that, with their offensive line, can usually dictate what they want to opponents. And Jameis Winston, I think, is gaining Sean Payton's trust. Right, We just had our first set of bye weeks, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I think what you see is teams regrouping, uh, seeing what they have found that they can build on and leverage off of. And obviously, that's the deep passing game with Jameis Winston. And when you add in Trey Smith and you add in Michael Thomas, it's in God's hands. It's in Jameis's hands. You want Jameis in your hands. Yeah, six highest in terms of average intended air yards. So he's pushing the ball down the field. And that probably is like indicative of this offensive line. Like there's time back there, right? So it's it's there's time for these these routes to develop down the field. I'm curious what your thoughts are about Michael Thomas and what he's gonna do for this offense. Like, do we think he's gonna come back and be totally healthy? Is he one foot out the door already? Like, yeah. I don't really know what to do with him yet. Yeah, we saw some signs that he was around the team uh, during this time off, and I think there are some signs they're trying to patch things up, whether or not this is his last year with the team, but it looks like maybe week eight, week nine would be the return, and he could easily be one of those players that, because it's been so long, remember, he was hurt all of last year, right. and not at any point last year, except for the first three and a half quarters of week one, was he healthy, and he did get back on the field, I think with Taysom Hill, he had a few, like eight nine catches for about 100 yards when he wasn't 100 percent so at least he has had this surgically repaired and had the time now for this ankle to heal so it just could be a case joe where it's been so long since we've seen michael thomas remember he was the number one wide receiver two years ago so even if he's 70 or 80 percent of that that's probably better than what the market is valuing him at right now it's definitely an interesting dynamic. Like we see a player of his caliber come back after this much time. Obviously, there's been uh, some stuff in the the media throughout this entire debacle. So uh, yeah. I'm interested as a fan just to see what's going to happen. Um, so definitely, uh, if you guys are watching this right now, just want to remind everyone that the show is on all major podcast platforms as well. So if you could do me a solid by leaving me a rating and review on Apple, toss me a follow over on Spotify. It would mean the absolute world. Sig, the next guy we're going to talk about. Corlin Sutton um, brought some teams back from the dead last week. Yeah. He was like one of those uh, really popular late swap options if things were going wrong. And man, did he deliver in like not the best matchup. So I, I'm definitely bullish on Corlin Sutton. Are you Are you as well? I'm bullish on him, but I do think it might be time to pull the ripcord if you can cash out at top value solely because you have Jerry Judy coming back into the mix soon. Uh, you also have the potential for quarterback changes. And I know that theoretically Drew Locke would be better with his style of play and his strengths than Teddy Bridgewater. But we're actually seeing Bridgewater having to throw the ball downfield more because the team is getting blown out. So I just think that this is one of the situations where while Sutton has been good right now, I things can change pretty quickly. Jerry Judy should command targets once he's back, which looks like again about week eight week nine is mm-hmm. gonna be the last week without jerry judy so i just think the situation is going to change here this could turn back into a crowded pass offense uh the one thing that Sutton could have going for him is the denver 
defense is no longer the hallmark of the team. They just lost another inside linebacker. Just, this looks like a ghost ship, right? This looks like a team that it's just a question of getting to the end of the season and firing Vic Fangio and starting over again. So it's not all negative in the outlook for Sutton, but I do think that things have come together for him in the last few weeks in a way they might not again soon. Yeah, it comes down to your league with players like this, probably, because there's going to be tons of people that are going to see that box score and, and get excited, yep. obviously, uh, the big game. But yeah, it looks like Jerry Judy less than 50% to be back in week seven. I would imagine that means he's pretty close. Um, so maybe week eight. So that, that'll be interesting. You have some time, but now is probably the best time uh, to get out if you want to get out. So uh, I want you guys to do me a huge favor before we move on. I want you to pause this video and I want you to let me know in the comments who you think is the top sell high candidate in week seven. Is it Cortland Sutton? Uh, I want to hear from you guys. Sig, the last guy that we're going to talk about today, Khalil Herbert. Um, so he was one of those guys that was really popular in fantasy, of course, on the DFS side of things, just because he was so cheap, the full workload, all of that. This Bears team, um, is they're just not going to be that exciting for us, no. right? Yeah. So like, what, what do we do with this guy? They should broadcast all Bears games in black and white. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> it would make a lot more sense. Uh, here's the thing with Cleo Herbert. He looked great, and he certainly has made himself money in the sense that he's clearly the long-term backup to David Montgomery, and he has a future in the league. Future in fantasy, well, remember, it was Damian Williams and that COVID list designation that got Herbert the opportunity. And Herbert looked great. By the way, he had another touchdown that was wiped off the board mm -hmm. by penalty or could have been an even bigger day. This week, you're going up against Tampa Bay. Mm. I mean, it's it's Tampa. You know, uh, It's going to be really interesting to see. This is really going to make smoke come out of Matt Nagy's ears, right? Yeah. You, you have to abandon the run against Tampa. Will he but, do it, though? I don't know. He might just right. ram it right into the line 10 times. Who knows? I know, right? So let Justin Fields play. I don't know. Then they play San Francisco. Uh, that's another team. The Steelers. You know, this is not exactly a have a run friendly schedule for whatever opportunity Herbert is going to get. Then they get to their buying week ten, and then David Montgomery's back. So this might be that high watermark for Herbert, even though we're excited about him as a player long term. It doesn't look like the Bears' running game is going to gain that much momentum over the next few weeks. Yeah, Herbert is 6K on FanDuel, so he's still really cheap, but it's kind of nice that we don't have to think about it because the matchup is uh, that bad. So, yeah, yeah. I'm probably not going to go there. We've been talking to Harmon every week, it seems like, about yeah. these Chicago wide receivers, oh. obviously A-Rob. And, I mean, the busted coverage where A-Rob is just waiting for it was just the worst mm -hmm. as someone that's yeah. been kind of invested in this passing game um, from a season-long and a DFS perspective a decent amount. Well, what, do, what do we do with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney at this point, right? Like it is very condensed, which is great. It's just such a vanilla offense. They're not really letting fields do much. Yeah, this is the test week, right? It's Tampa. I mean, this is the week that everybody abandons the run against Tampa. You're going to hopefully see at least could we get 30 pass attempts maybe mm -hmm. from Justin Fields and otherwise let him play, let him learn the limits at least right now of what he can accomplish and see what his playmaking ability can do. So I think this is that last test week. Uh, but I would imagine a lot of people who have Allen Robinson are tired of having to decide whether to play him. Sometimes, this is a nod to our show, Joe, we have the cue the Chuck D, the shut him down segment on our mm -hmm. waiver wire show on Tuesdays. And sometimes it really is cathartic to just drop somebody, even though it might not be the right thing to do because you don't want to have to agonize anymore. And I think even if Allen Robinson does have a big week against Tampa, who's to say that he's going to turn around and reproduce that? It could just be a street fight against San Francisco against the Steelers, we'll see. But the point is, will it be sustainable? Uh, are you just going to be chasing that one good week for three more weeks and frustrate yourself even more? 
So I understand bailing on Allen Robinson in short bench leagues or trying to make a minor trade in typical leagues. So you don't have to think about this because obviously it's not, I don't know what Allen Robinson did in a, I shouldn't really say it's too bad because he's made a great living playing football, but he's just had, uh, he's been in wide receiver hell for so long and we can only pray that next year things will finally work out for him. Sigmund Bloom, everyone, make sure you guys check out all the great content over at footballguys.com. Make sure you follow Sig on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. I want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily, so some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code so make sure you enter code holka when you first sign up it's good for ten dollars off your first purchase but more importantly you're only eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings if you are fully registered at pristine auction so hopefully it's with code holka because that also supports the channel so thank you let's get back to the show it's the joe holka show presented by FanDuel. it's our dfs first look at nfl week seven a true reaction of pricing and inefficiencies we'll have our first look lineup builder at the end so make sure you guys stick around I always say we, because of course I'm not alone. From Fantasy Labs, we have Ryan Hodge back with us. Hodge, how was your week six, my man? Um, yeah, we booked a loss, dude, for like the fourth <laughs> straight week in a row. I, I mean, s- tournament I swear. life, my man, tournament life. <laughs> I know, I know. One, one of these days I'll come on here, I'll be like, it was good. We finally got 30K and, and it was good. But uh, this week was the week where I nailed the components that were not part of my stack. It's just too much, too much Herbert. Um, mm. And it just, it didn't pan out, but you know, like, I don't know, man, just can't put it together. You know, couldn't get the stack right last week or got the stack right last week with, with Brady or whatever. And then this week I can't get the stack right with Herbert, but I nail like, uh, you know, all the, all the other pieces like Thielen and, and whatnot. So it is, it is what it is. Man, I like haven't been able to get Minnesota right like this entire year, right? Like I've had like the Jefferson one off, some Thielen goes off, and then last week I basically just stacked up the entire game because Madison was chalk, and then this is the week where Kirk goes nuts. I think Kirk was actually the top scoring quarterback. Who's I guess until the Dak stuff happened, like it was pretty close. Yeah. So, um, so tough scene, man. It, it's like these tournament. The, I couldn't get comfortable last week in general. Like I, I just like did not feel good right up until lock. Like you know those locks where like you finally hit submit, yes. and then basically kickoff happens, and you're like, what did I just do? Because I've made a lot of mistakes here and I'm not sure like how to fix it. Um, I, that was how I felt this past week. We got bailed out on the tilt space with uh, CD lamb. Uh, I I guess, yeah. So that was, that was great. But outside of that, man, I uh, had one reasonable team um, that, I mean, never really was threatening to win anything, um, but it was a decent cash. But outside of that, just completely bricked, man. And then what was terrible for me was that um, when things were going not so great, I just started firing at the 4 p.m. slate and then I bricked every 4 p.m. team that I've made. So like I, I had a decent uh, cash on one of my main teams at my highest dollar level at the 888, that team cash for like a reasonable score. And then I guess, why do I Threw do this, it all man? Away. I just get, yeah, I, I, I do this all the time. I gave, I gave like literally like half of those winnings back so that I'm sitting there just like, man, this like was a pretty good week. I got some stuff right. Like, and then like, I, I got to stop doing that, man. Like, what, do I need to just like walk away from my computer, like delete the FanDuel app on my phone? Like, I don't know how to get away from this, I man. It's not I, don't, I don't know, dude. I've, I've been there more times than I would care to admit, but you know, it's those times where it works out and you're like, 
wow, I just turned a $2,000 loss into a $400 win, you know? And so you're just like, oh, all right. And so but it that's happens. That's the mean. worst thing that can happen to you mentally. I know. You think I you know. can do it every week. It's like the I same know. thing as like playing the any like the single game stuff like as the night game, as the one-off. It's like, all right, it was a bad day, but there's always there's always the night slate, man. So, all right, always. let's uh, forward-thinking show. Let's not yeah. waste any more time here. Uh, the quarterback position, Hodge. Uh, I'm going to take a peek here over at pricing. It's one of those those weeks already where it's it's kind of nice to see less games right like i, I like the bye weeks in some ways because it condenses certain things but at quarterback man we still have a lot of the heavy hitters man we got mahomes we got kyler we got lamar we got jalen hurts which it feels like a, a long time since we've had jalen hurts on the main slate stafford brady like we have all the guys uh all the dudes and they're they're priced pretty close to each other mahomes at 8800 kyler murray at 87 against houston uh, Lamar Jackson at 84. I guess that's the big price jump, right? Like we, we basically got Lamar uh, after the Allen game last week, so he wasn't really priced uh, appropriately, and now he's all the way up to 8,400, man. So uh, Jalen Hurts right there with some of these heavy hitters, like he should be, man. So what are your feelings on the top? Yeah, I think I think right out of the gate, like Jalen kind of stands out, especially because he's going to give you a ton of swap equity. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're playing Jalen, you're you're probably playing like Devonte Smith and maybe. Trying to get up to Waller. I don't know. We'll see what the price looks like, right? But right out of the gate, you've got four games starting at four o'clock or later in the afternoon slate. So if you're using part of this Philly Vegas uh, game stack, it just gives you a lot, a lot of swap equity. So I think that's the first thing that jumps off to me. Now the second thing that jumps off is the matchup that Arizona and Tennessee are going mm-hmm. to have, as well as this Patrick Mahomes. So like, you can throw on Tennessee, you can throw on Kansas City. So um, I haven't looked at any of the totals. I have no idea, but I got to imagine that that's going to open at 52, yeah. 52 and a half. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if we get a healthy Julio or, or not a healthy Julio, a, a healthy AJ Brown, who's mm-hmm. going into Monday night football. His status is up in the air, but I don't know. That's kind of right out of the gate. And then, uh, Stafford got a pretty big price hike, yeah. Yeah. 8,100. I don't think we've yeah. seen him over like 70. Let's see what it's, what he was last week. He was, let's see, game logs. Where's the pricing? Anyways, he wasn't, he was, there's no way he was over 8K last week, was he? No, no, he, he definitely was not. Um, so, yeah, like that's, that's a, a massive price jump on a team that you want to run the ball to. Mm-hmm. I, I keep saying that, like, you want to, sorry, not, you don't want to, not that McVeigh wants to run the ball. You want to mm-hmm. run the ball against Detroit. Mm-hmm. You want to constantly run the ball against Detroit. That's such an easy win for these coaches, and these coaches just love to run. So um, I I said it last week with with Joe Mixon, and I, I think again this week, like Daryl Henderson will probably be chalk. We'll have to see what his price point is. Yeah, I'm interested to, to see what that one's out as well. Uh, Tom Brady, like I, I guess, is there anyone that can bring Matt Nagy out of his shell a little bit so we can get see something from Chicago that's not just the worst ever? Like, I mean, it, like it would be so, uh, I guess, typical if Chicago just runs it into this Tampa Bay like defensive Dude. line. Everyone knows you can't run against, but like if there's someone that's gonna do it, it's probably gonna be the Bears, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, oh gosh, I forgot. I forgot who posted it, but they basically. Uh, we're saying, oh, it's Hayden Winks was basically saying like, hey, I'm removing the Tampa Bay rush efficiency and how often teams are passing because it's like at an all time high and it's skewing stuff. So like uh, if there is somebody who can get Justin Fields to get the ball down field a little bit more to a Robert or Mooney who um, has all the air yards like you would you would hope that it has to be this Tampa Bay defense. So how much is Fields? Is he still down there? He's still down there. Sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah. 
He's still down there, my man, in a spot where you like you would think by default they're just gonna have to pass the ball more, right? Like, but even like we just haven't seen him reach even like what thirty attempts yet, twenty seven last week, and that was his season high. That is wild, man. Uh, I don't know. So I literally haven't played this guy once all year in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how have his rushing attempts been? Yeah, six, Bad. three, 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 ten. Yeah, so it's so six, six last week isn't the that's not the worst. Three yeah. is absolute trash but like if you're gonna get six to seven out of him um uh, all i'm saying here is i think right out of the gate this is probably your cash game quarterback chalk i can already see the yeah. industry doing it i can already see pay down in salary let's get up to the big dog let's get up to whoever mm-hmm. use fields against tampa bay they're they're gonna have to throw he's got rushing upside. Like, whatever narrative people are gonna yeah. pump right like i can already see that so you're right though 43 yards on the ground that's a step in the right direction for sure the one thing that was awful last week was that he just misses a rob on a complete busted coverage like we, oh, we, did like he? we these guys would even be even more chalk at that point because mooney would have a touchdown a rob would have a touchdown we'd have fields at 6500 so uh, yeah, man, you're probably right. As we like look down, like he's literally priced like at the same spot as like literally Jared Goff, People Zach who aren't Wilson. Playing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's rough. Um, that's got to be the price point that stands out the most. Uh, we have this. Uh, we have Tua back. We've got Daniel Jones against Carolina. That's a tough spot. We've got Joe Burrow, Burrow at Baltimore um, at 7,200. That's an interesting price. We still have Tannehill on the other side of KC at 7,600. I could see that being one that that people will go to. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. If we scroll down, Justin Fields is going to be probably the chalk. Um, anything else at quarterback? It's a really that's probably the hardest one to go through without any ownership context. But definitely think that the price stands out for Fields for sure. Um, Carolina is playing the Giants, right? Yeah, I don't. I I could see maybe you know Sam Darnold not catching a ton of ownership, but being in a hashtag good spot mm-hmm. with with good pass catchers are we sick of well tell you what we'll talk about Robbie Anderson when we get to wide receiver why don't we move on to running back first <laughs> okay let's uh let's move on to the running back position Derek Henry is 11k uh so if anyone missed the pristine auction mystery unboxing uh spoiler alert we did pull a Derek Henry jersey out of that thing so check out the description uh the link in the description if you want to be eligible for that giveaway next week uh it's a pretty awesome jersey uh, the big dog is 11k. Uh, are they just like trying to figure out what price they can put him at to where he's not 35 for 40 percent? Is that basically what this is? Is it the matchup? What is it? Um, yeah, I, I just he's get dude. He's got five straight games of 100 plus yards. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, multi touchdowns in multi games. Like I, the guy is and like I think the the password narrative stuff is definitely you know got blown out of proportion after those first two games because he really has not been involved since then mm-hmm. like in any way shape or form. Uh, that being said though, like did they need him in the passing game the last two weeks? You know, so sure. like I I just I don't know. Um, 11K is very expensive. You can run on Kansas City, which is nice. You can throw on Kansas City, so. Yeah, I can tell you right now, like, I'll, I don't know if I would, you know, take like straight up fantasy points, but probably on a, on a point per salary bet, I might take, you know, Daryl Henderson plus eight or whatever it is, right. Or whatever you're going to give Daryl Henderson against Derrick Henry, um, for the, for the money. Say three K Yeah, like that's all. Then the workload is just absolutely nutty Mm -hmm. for, for Henderson too. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I think like 24 total opportunities with rush attempts and targets high value touches i do that guy caught a freaking ball in the end zone like give me a break like you love dude, to see I your running that, get used I, like that 
I ended up with, I, I mean, we had, I think we had him on one of our tilt space teams, but I, he didn't make it into any of my main builds. And mm. as soon as you see a guy like that catch a ball like a wide receiver, you're like, I guess completely got this play wrong. So I, I didn't yeah. even see that. I didn't even think that was possible. So uh, that's rough, but he's all the way up at 8K now. Uh, I guess RIP uh, Christian McCaffrey jersey in my background. Uh, he's all the way up at 10K, just chilling on the IR Another now. Three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess the other one that really stands out, Hodge, like Cordero Patterson, he's AK. Is he just going to absolutely bury us this week? Because I, I don't have no idea what to do with this guy. I... <laughs> Look at the game log, dude. I, I like, guess I don't either. Like... Like he's he's, he's just, a wide he's a wide receiver that's gonna give you like five to seven rush attempts and he's gonna get all the work in the red zone and if he touches the ball I don't know like how do you justify an eight K price tag if he's gonna touch the ball twelve times fourteen times well, but it's but it's it's actually closer to like twenty opportunities I guess right? yeah that that's because that's I don't know. Is Daryl Henderson's going to give us twenty to twenty-three opportunities? You can play the wide receiver too. So like that, that that changes uh, things a little bit. Yeah, I'm being devil's advocate. I like. I think the play is extremely thin. But probably can't play him a running back. But you probably. I mean, at AK, you can make a better argument at wide receiver for sure. Yeah, probably. But like, yeah, hard pass, man. Just whatever. All right. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is seventy-three hundred against the Giants. Obviously, we've seen the workload. Um, without McCaffrey, we've seen the sample. He's not necessarily like what Mike Davis was getting last year. Um, but man, the usage is great and he's been scoring touchdowns. Like there's not a whole lot of bad things to say about him. It's a good defense. Like there's going to be decent game script for him going forward. He's basically the same price as Joe Mixon and Deandre Swift, uh, Deandre Swift, man, he just keeps smashing no matter what is happening in the game. So that's kind of interesting, uh, four nets all the way up to seven K Darrell Williams, 6,700 CH won't be back this week. Will he? No, I don't think so. It's a decent um, price. Look, we talked about it last week on the show. DeAndre Swift leading the league in high-value touches. So here's the thing, though. The Rams are pretty brutal. But where DeAndre Swift gets his work is in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't hate that play. But can we can we go up real quick? Because I prefer the guy in the middle of Hubbard and Swift. And it's Mixon. it's Joe, dude. Mm-hmm. Baltimore opponent plus minus of plus 3.1 to opposing teams running backs. Like you can absolutely get there. I do this chargers game on Sunday just has me full blown tilt. Like I, <laughs> I don't understand six, six points out of them. Nobody gets there in, in any, at any spot on the chargers. Like it's just absurd. All of that being said, you throw that away. Like you can run against Baltimore. They're giving it up. And, uh, Pirine will be back. It was just a, a COVID thing, but like, his workload is great, man. It's yep. very, very good. So I think out of those three groups right there, I still think it's Joe Mixon for me. Um, he, Lombardi uh, Fournette there. What, what's, what's his freaking nickname? Lombardi Leonard or whatever. Um, I'm just he's got all Fournette. the nicknames, dude. He's got playoff Lenny. He's got <laughs> yeah. like Monday Night Football Lenny. He's got he's all he's just he's so annoying, man. Uh, it's anything so Lenny. Brutal. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, like seven seven K is probably gonna be a pass for me. I, I much prefer the sixty five hundred or the six K Leonard Fournette uh in a decent matchup. Look at the usage, so. man. It's this guy's so annoying. It's like this is he this is what he does every year. He like comes in, he gets mm-hmm. his like twenty five opportunities at like a two point three yards per carry, but he catches balls and he scores touchdowns. He just buries you, right? The efficiency is just always so brutal that it's harder to get there. The price it, is nice. It, You're just looking at the volume though. I know it. It is tough. Who uh, who do they play? Vegas or Chicago. no? Chicago, Chicago. We just yep. talked about uh mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know. Chicago's like Chicago's not been very friendly to running backs 
in in, over the grand scheme of things so and just the how much they pass but like i don't know man that's tough i'd probably a fade for me at seven yeah and uh, shout out to us for talking about DeAndre Swift as like the Camara type of usage, right? Like he's going to get his like 12 to 15 carries, but he's also going to get like yeah. six or seven opportunities through the air. And yeah. He's just like such a big part of this offense where it matters. Like they just don't have a lot of playmakers there. What is it, that's what it comes down to. So I'm going to see if anything kind of pops out here as I'm scrolling down. Uh, Khalil Herbert, are we playing him against Tampa Bay? Probably not, no. but he's 6K. So I don't care. That, I like... I don't know, man. So, hey, what happened with Devontae Booker? Because I know we kind of talked about him. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. Did he just mm-hmm. not get touches, or was he just not efficient? Or 16 12 rush attempts and, yeah, 16? Okay, just, whatever. Yeah, it tough, like you said, tough, tough spot against the Rams. But, yeah, we yeah. would have liked to see the volume be a little bit better there for sure. Yeah, so I think that's kind of kind of my thing here, like with Khalil. Like, even though Khalil's probably going to touch the ball six more times mm-hmm. um, than Booker did last week, like... Or, or maybe he doesn't because they're throwing, right? Because nobody's running the ball against against uh, um, the Rams, uh, right? Tampa Bay. Or so Tampa, no, no, yeah. sorry, back to back to Cleo. Yeah, nobody's mm-hmm. running the ball against Tampa, so I don't know. Yeah, I was looking uh, at these Arizona running backs, man, because Chase Edmonds has been so like dependent on game script. Like James Conner got another 16 rush attempts last week. He's not really being used through the air, but it's Houston, man. So like 6,500 for James Conner, I, I think is at least interesting down there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys in play at running back, but no like crazy price points that that stand out to me at first glance. Maybe Daryl Williams is 6,700 again if we want to go back to that. Like, there's the touchdown upside is just always going to be there. And I don't know. I, I wasn't like a guy that ever really played Ceh, but we also never really saw Ceh get 21 rush attempts and four targets, right? right? So it's, right. it's weird. Totally different. Yeah. Look, I think a lot of people try and get way too thin at running back. I mean, I'll I'll see some lineups where. You know, great. You got there with J.D. McKissick because, you know, Gibson gets out or dude, I saw guys with like Chris Evans. And I'm not talking like just scrolling through the million maker. I'm talking like people posting in the discord and stuff. So like, yeah, I'm calling you out like you're way too thin a running back, guys. So like I think it's going to be this seems like a week. First take hashtag first take here. Um, I don't know if I'll own a running back that is under 7K. Like it, like I, I'm probably punting a tight end based off of this. Like I think I want Daryl Henderson. I think I want Joe Mixon. I think I want those guys anchoring my lineup for sure. Yep the uh, the opportunity cost of giving up one of those slots is definitely something to continue to think about. So as we move over to wide receiver, we have Devontae Adams. He's nine k. We were just like falling over ourselves to play this. Uh, I guess anyone against Washington because their defense is so bad. So what is Devontae Adams going to do to them? I have no idea. Um, Green Bay just they play such a gross style, man. Like I, I always like struggle with that a little bit. Cooper Cup right behind him at eighty eight hundred. Tyreek Hill eighty five hundred, and then Cordero Patterson above guys. Like what? Did, who would have thought? We'd see Cordero Patterson priced above DeAndre Hopkins, priced above DJ Moore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's priced above Calvin Ridley. Like, if you would have told me that, like, a few weeks ago, I would have told you you were absolutely out of your mind. But uh, here we are, man. This is tough. Yeah. Uh, can you not tweet out a video of me saying to not fade Devontae Adams and then homie goes out and catches, like... <laughs> four to four balls or something like that on like five i always feel bad about the the videos <laughs> that go out on sunday right so like we're talking about this on a monday literally a week has gone by so it's like i always try and like grab something that's like not super crazy but yeah man i, I, know. We, we, uh, I was i'll, I'll run by you next time i was dying no dude it, it, i was on adams a little bit regardless but like i just thought it was funny that that's like the the clip and then this kid does nothing um yeah yeah, look, once again, we talked about CPAT. Like, uh, mm-hmm. no, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, 
the Tennessee corners, you know, hashtag hand in the dirt take, they just, they're brutal, man. You mm-hmm. just, they get beat up. So Ty Freak probably in another absolute smash spot at 8,500. Cooper Cup surpassing Tyree Kill. I mean, that's something that I wouldn't have said going into the season too, but his yep. usage has just been pretty ridiculous. So, dude, they're they're still throwing when they're up two touchdowns. Yeah, man. like this team, I like I, I get that that like Henderson's still always going to be a factor, but man, like these Cooper Cup and Henderson teams like won everything last week. Man, it's crazy, and I I felt like they were more negatively correlated than maybe they are. Right, I think this is the role Agreed. for both of them is just so secure that maybe it doesn't matter. So, uh, yeah, interesting. If, if they're both going to see the workload, like it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Antonio Brown, seventy four hundred. They priced him up quite a bit no, too. He was like he was using that mid range for forever, and now he's all yeah, the way up he's, there. He's kind of been a staple. The you know like weeks three, four, and five, uh, leading the team in targets per route run and air yards uh, baked into his targets per route run with Antonio Brown. So I think that that's an insanely good spot. Mm-hmm. The order um, is now Antonio Brown seventy four hundred, Mike Evans seventy one hundred, and Chris Godwin at sixty seven hundred. Man, Godwin's the one that like seems to be kind of the forgotten man in some ways. Like the targets are okay, but he's not scoring touchdowns. So like, what is he doing for you at this point? He, like this is the first time I think he's been below seven k in a while too. So it's interesting. Yeah. At least you know Evans, you're going to get the deep targets and you're going to get red zone looks. Like I could see the upside there a little bit more on Fanduel at least. Yeah. What else we got here? Brandon Cooks sixty five hundred. sixty one. Yeah. Yeah, you, Cooks, you, Cook's still getting all the air yards, too. I think Arizona's tougher than people make it out to be, though, man. Oh, their defense is I, like, good, man. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think I got lucky there. He was actually my pivot. Uh, I was all over Brandon Cooks, and then I feel like he started to get some steam headed mm-hmm. into Saturday and Sunday. He did. And so I just moved to Adam Thielen. Like, total luck box. Like, nothing more than just like, oh, 5,800. He's been yep. getting used. People are down on him. And so the, the point that I'm making here is like, maybe that's Chris Godwin this week. Like Maybe. people are down on him. He's, you know, the, the usage is, is kind of there. Uh, I don't know. He's, you know, their usage is not nearly the same, but. Yeah, we've talked about it too. Like there's, it's so different buying low now than it used to be. Like if you're going to buy low now, you have to buy like really low. Like we just finally saw the Dallas guys be a little bit less chalky, but it took us like five weeks of them running the ball right. so heavily to get there. Right. So it's one of those things that we got to keep. Keep thinking through Brandon Cook, 6,500. It's just a really tough spot against Arizona. I, the, the thing I wanted to check was these prices of the Bears because if we think that field is going to be relatively chalky, mm-hmm. like how expensive is it going to get uh, for someone like Mooney? Mooney is 5,900. And then A-Rob is 5,800. So like the stack with Mooney and Robinson and Fields is insanely cheap again, right? So like they haven't moved these guys' prices and now oh. you would think that the volume should be elevated. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a tough scene. This is like, well, if this is the week they get, like I've been on these guys more than it sounds like you have as like one-offs or mini stacks, all of that. Like I had a Darnell yeah. Mooney team with uh, with Devontae Adams last week. Um but they've been super low. But if this week they're super chalky and they go off, like it's just gonna be the worst thing ever for me. Uh, yeah, because you won't have a you won't have a single piece of it right. for the year. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, this hurts Devonte Smith thing is is absolutely the chalk without oh. a doubt. I we like it took us forever. To, I kept looking for him. He's fifty eight hundred dollars. What? Yeah, well, I, dude, I, I he's right there. He's right there. I don't understand that at all. That's yeah, why. that he might be on the cover. Be the chalk. He might be on the yeah. cover of the video. <laughs> Hang on. I mean, that's that's pretty low. Yeah, so if we're just looking at over the last, uh, I guess this season, and we're looking at the percentage, I, I mean, I know it's high, and I, I don't even have to look at it. The percentage share of the team's air yards, we have Devonta Smith is still in the top 10. 
and yeah. that's his price. So yeah. yeah, that's just that's just not good. Um, so yeah, I'll be all over that. Um, I mean, I just I need like like I need another excuse to play Jalen Hurts, man. I play this guy all the time. So same. Um, yeah, so I'm in on that. That's a an egregious price tag. So um, yeah, that I, like we're just scrolling down and scrolling down, trying to find like whoa, Devonta Smith. Okay, interesting. In that there's, range, there's a, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was I was continue continue on Smith. Yeah, it was just uh, Jacoby Myers. This is the week, just so we have that out of the way. And then uh, Jalen Waddle, fifty nine hundred after his explosion. That's another guy. I feel like I've been playing a decent amount. Missed it because it's an island game every time. Same. Mm-hmm. It's like who are the guys this year? It's it's Jalen Waddle. It's Pitts. All these guys go crazy on like <laughs> Thursday night football. And uh, yeah, man, tough scene. So once we get Pitts there, back, yeah, I'm interested. There, to see there I am, like nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Like, all right, cool. That's good for like. 30% of my best ball teams, I guess. Cool. You know, like when you resort yeah. to, to yeah. sweating season long. Uh, hey, Robbie Anderson down here, 5,500 though. Mm-hmm. That's, Henry that's Ruggs, another seven. I know you want to talk about Robbie though, so go ahead. Well, look, I, it's it's infuriating. I mean, the mm-hmm. air yards are there. The targets were there. He had, what, 10, 11 targets 11 last targets. week? Yeah, on and he, he catches three balls. So I don't know. Maybe this is like need to go watch the tape, how many were actual catchable. Like maybe check out like PFF or Rotoviz or something where they're like, what was his actual catch yeah. rate on those balls like were they actually really really good targets uh or were they two feet in front of him and it was counted as a as a target right so like definitely want to check that out i know a few hit him in the hands i caught a little bit of it but he's mm-hmm. it's it's all there it's all lining up he just needs to come down with and i mean like what we totally luck box into a late td oh yeah um, which still only gave him like nine fantasy points on yeah, the day or something points. ridiculous. Yeah, eight, po- eight so, points. Eight po- he scored a touchdown and he had eight <laughs> points on eleven targets. Are you kidding me? I mean, it is. But for fifty five hundred, this goes back to what I was saying with running back. Like looking at just the general flow of roster construction, this will probably be a guy that I play because I I don't I don't want to touch any of those super thin running backs and timeshares or guys who are getting eleven you know touches in in their backfield even though they're not splitting the work. So to me, like Robbie Anderson, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, two expensive running backs, one of these mid-tier wide receivers like a like a, a Mike Evans or a Terry McLaurin, like all of that stuff just seems to start to to kind of come together um, for more of like a cash game build. In tournaments, maybe it's just sharp to go the other way, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Man, there's a lot, there's always guys down here on FanDuel that that I find like interesting price tags on. Like Rashad Bateman comes in, gets six targets yep. in his first game. He's still yeah. fifty three hundred, so it's gonna take them a while to like price him probably effectively. So he's interesting. McCole Hardman, he got a ton of steam last week, which I thought he was gonna be relatively unique, not, and only got five targets. So maybe people jump off of that. Finally, he's fifty four hundred. Um, Man, there's some interesting prices down here. I, I still think that maybe going to Henry Ruggs, and I am not a Henry Ruggs guy whatsoever, but he Damn. has looked a little bit better this year. And yeah. he's, he's getting some deeper targets. That was a late swap guy I was considering. Only four targets in the game, but got 97 was got in the box. So um, there's upside there at least. And I think I'm done with Jacoby Myers, which means he's probably going to score this week. I guess it's the Jets, so I don't know. That's, that's probably it for me. Any of these other guys stand out to you? No, I think Bateman's really the only one. I, I kept scrolling below that, but Bateman mm-hmm. looks like maybe the only other guy. Um, you you could play Jalen Rager in like something super large field if you still want to absorb a good game environment, but be a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jalen Rager could be a little bit of a different option instead of Devonte Smith to pair with with Hertz. But no, like these, you know, like Brian Edwards is a is an island game, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a single game. Uh, play for me so i don't i'm i'm good after that for sure all right 
Uh, I guess we never talked about Calvin Ridley, 7,300. The only reason I brought him up is I wanted to see what Pitts' price was. And Pitts is 6,100 now after we haven't had these guys on the main slate in a while. So any interest mm-hmm. in the Atlanta guys against Miami? Like that that seems like thin to me. Well, no, I think Pitts, Pitts really got there because of no Calvin in that mm-hmm. London game, right? Mm-hmm. So like I think that's what really shot his market share of targets up through the roof, um, you know, catching like eight or nine balls on 10 targets. And so he's he's kind of cheap though like relative to kelsey and andrews and waller mm-hmm. maybe not in the same tier with with calvin back though that's all like i would put kyle pitts in that tier with those guys if calvin ridley doesn't play but i mean calvin should be back so yeah i'm with you and like we talk about this i feel like every week but like the the difference in pricing on FanDuel for tight ends isn't as drastic like you can still like find ways to get up another tier if you can find another thousand dollars in salary it's not Mm -hmm. like you're going from 2500 to 8k like you are on DraftKings. so uh, kind of interesting um rsj 5400 the usage is still absurd um zach ertz in an arizona cardinals jersey just to make the Cardinals situation worse is tilting what else we got here? Uh, Dallas Goddard, fifty nine hundred. Is Goddard gonna be back? Illness. Um. It, yeah. It was. Uh. He he was out with like a. Oh my gosh. It it was non contact related. I thought so. I'll have what to double it? check. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so. he's gonna be a jam for people at fifty nine hundred probably. Yes, right now that exactly. we have no Ertz there, I could see that gaining some steam. T.J. Hawkinson. Just everyone thinks he's banged up. Goes out there at super low ownership. Eleven targets, seventy four. So uh, that makes sense. Darren Waller, sixty-eight hundred, decent price for him. Like this Philly, this Philly game is like actually kind of interesting I, to me, and I rarely play yeah. like these Vegas guys much, but that that's interesting. Kelsey all the way up to eighty-two hundred. It's tight end, man. I, I want to see how ownership shanks out, so I'm pretty much good on this. Unless you have anything else. No, this this Philly Vegas game is gonna be the chalk. Yeah. All right. And if, and if it's not, then I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's uh, before we move on, I want you guys to stop what you're doing. Go to fanduel.com slash Holka. Join the listener league. Of course, there's a link in the description for that. $5 entry, break free, three max tournament. Uh, one of the best contests in all of DFS. We talk about it every single week. That link does support the channel, especially if you're a first-time player. Or maybe it's just been a while since you've given FanDuel a go. So thank you so much for restarting that journey uh, with my link. Truly appreciate it. And uh, tell your friends. Hodge, you ready to build a FanDuel team? Yeah, brother. Let's do it. Um... People in the chat think they know exactly where you're going to go, so I don't want to point you any direction. I don't want to influence you. I want to see if those people are right. Um, okay. I took a peek, but I don't see anything. But yeah. it, it's absolutely Jalen, so yeah. uh, I'll go check. Do I have to scroll up? It's oh, literally yeah, it. So Someone's like, uh, here comes Hans the... Hans making Hurts. Second yeah. coming. <laughs> coming. Yeah. All right. So let's get Hurts in there. I assume you're playing Smith as well. Yep. And then I'll Hurts let you bring him back with whoever. All right, so we got Hertz. Um, too big dog or not too big dog at 11K. Uh, I'm probably going to pass on that at least this point of the lineup, but I'll throw Daryl Henderson in there at 8K against uh, Detroit. I'll do um, I'll do Henry Ruggs okay. to we'll bring back. give us a little bit of salary relief, right? Because he... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's cheap, 5,700. Yeah, he'll be he'll be easier than, than Waller, and then we can kind of reevaluate from there. Okay. We could add Goddard to the stack we choose to later. So mm-hmm. let's see what we got here for defenses. You know, Arizona's all the way up to 5K now, but it is Houston. Um, at the bottom, I just want to see who the first home team is. Tennessee against Kansas City. No, thank you. Nope. Giants against Carolina. Giants Carolina. That's probably the cheapest I would go. Um, you could go Miami against Atlanta, but it's all the way up to 4K. Just hope we get some pass attempts on the Atlanta side. 
Is there a road team that stands out? Not really. It's kind of gross no. down there this week. So maybe the Giants, but God, I did that last week and that was not super fun. Um, yeah, is there any cheaper defenses you like? I don't really like a lot of these down here for sure. No, it's actually kind of weird. I don't like, I don't really want to pick on Mac Jones if they go back to just running the ball a ton with mm -hmm. the Jets, you know? So like, I'm usually trying to find some sort of volume and it might be the Giants. That's kind of the first one that stood out. We just flip the build, and if everyone's going to play fields, we just play Tampa at 4,400. <laughs> I, I so I've been doing that a little bit more. I've actually been making it a point to get up in defense sometimes um, just to force myself into something slightly different. So um, put Tampa in there. Why not? Do it, man. Yeah. I mean, you can... Exactly what you're saying. People like are so conditioned now to pay down at defense. Like I had Arizona at one percent last week. I had the Rams at three percent last yes, week in like a nut exactly. spot. So it's uh it's definitely something I'm I'm trying to prioritize also. So um sixty nine hundred the rest of the way. So we have tons of salary to work with. So I'll, I'll let you pick the next player. Um sorry, I'm building see. lineup too so I can see. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Tampa Bay, Henry Ruggs. And Henderson. Yeah. And Daryl the GOAT. All right, let's do let's do let's do Goddard. Let's onslaught, man. Yeah, let's I do think it. they're just adding that to it makes sense since we hate the tight end position and no more Zacherts. So, all right, yep. so we got seventy three hundred. So we got tons of salary to work with. If we did want to pay up for uh, one of these other higher priced wide receivers, we could. I mean, we didn't talk much about DJ Moore, but I still think that against the Giants, he's seventy seven hundred. Um, 13 targets last week man only came down with five of them though so people i know we're gonna like seems like a buy so low weird. So it, it absolutely it absolutely does and so that's that's what i'm talking about with like what was up with darnold last week i mean pepper pressure man. Guy, guy can't he can't do anything under pressure and we knew that All minnesota right. was going to bring pressure so that has to be it i guess let's this week more. they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to pressure like the giants don't pressure at all let's definitely let's do more and then still got um, 7100 the rest of the way so we can still get to one of those running back plays that you like i'm sure yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to plug in Mixon. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to mess around with with Aaron Jones, C. Pat Hubbard. So Mixon, and then we got seven K for a flex. Yeah, if we wanted to, we could just correlate with Fournette. Um, let's see who else there's there. If we went the wide receiver route, we could. I guess we don't know exactly what AJ Brown. Honestly, we we backed ourselves into probably playing Fournette uh -huh. at this point. But I mean, the yeah. volume's fine. Yeah, do it. All right. Leonard Fournette. Easy game. Enter lineup. Easy game. All right. Ryan Hodge, everybody. Make sure you guys check out all of his work over at Fantasy Labs. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hodge. Hodge, best of luck this week. We're going to turn it around this week, all right? Yeah, this is a week, brother. That's all I have for you guys today. Thanks again to Davis, Sig, and Hodge. I always feel a lot better about the upcoming week after talking to those guys. Do you want to give you guys one last nudge to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and maybe consider following on Spotify as well? Really means a lot when we're trying to move up those charts. And I will see you guys in the listener league, fanduel.com slash Holka. Again, if you've never played on FanDuel, you get a 20% deposit bonus by using that link. But even if you have played on FanDuel before and it's just been a while, that's still the link where you want to start this process and join our community in this listener league. Truly one of the contests I think is the most fun to watch every week. And I want to show these guys how strong our community is by filling it up. But until next time, good talk. Woo!